0: I didn't really understand the concept of mess or dirt until I had children. I love them. I love them all. I got five of them and they're beautiful, but I, I didn't really understand that concept. Uh, and, and I learned it while my children were eating. Maybe, had, can I a show of hands for anybody that's ever babysat a child before? Babysat a, any baby? Okay. So, so a kid. Well, take some food, look at the food, size it up, and then just mash. Start rubbing all the hands in it, you know what I'm saying? Taking the dirt off the ground. They don't care. They're rubbing their hands in it. They're eating it. And then at some point, they look at you, and what do they do to you? Offer it to you. They take a a perfectly clear water bottle on a nice hot day, nice cold water bottle. They put their whole mouth on the water bottle, and then all of a sudden we got some stuff living in the water bottle. Some extra floaties. I've learned mess from my children, but I've also learned what it means to see them give, for them to see them have something that is valuable, something that tastes good, something that is nourishing. And to say to me, dad, your turn. I will admit, you know, my wife, I think she would agree that other two of us, I'm the one that swigs all of those floaties. I'll take one for the team. But, 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 I I pray that that posture of a child offering something unto their parent, unto someone that they love dearly, is is a posture that I can share with you today. I pray, Mac family, that even though I'm not your child, that I can display and express something that you've given to me that I want to give back to you. It's this concept of rest. It's a concept of rest. Four letter word that's quickly spoken, but it has much significance. This church has blessed our family. Each year, you guys love our family in a way that allows for me to take a four week sabbatical, four weeks of rest, a month of rest. And I remember when the elders came to me and they shared with me uh, when I became the lead pastor, that, that one of the things they wanted to do was provide us with a month of rest. And I remember trying to contain it like, yeah, I'm good. I'm good. But then it just, it started flowing, man. I started crying, started weeping (laughs) because I've seen the love of this church body. The church body has blessed us with cards. This church body has blessed us with food, uh, picking us up when we needed rides, like all types of amazing kindness. But in this sabbatical, it was like the whole church came together and said, we're in your corner, Pastor. We got you, Pastor. We want your family to thrive, Pastor. And we want you to know as a Stevenson household that we don't take that lightly. We are extremely grateful for it. But I, church, am going to be receiving this time of rest. But I want to hand it unto you. I want to extend this concept of rest to you. I want you to have to wrestle with what does a Sabbath rest look like in your life? My hope is that at some point this summer, you would receive the rest that you're extending to our family. So, what is what is why do we need rest, right? If I could poll the people in the room. Folks would say, we need rest because uh, after this kickball tournament, my body started aching, and I, don't, I haven't felt like this in a while, Pastor. <laughs> if you ain't been playing kickball, you ain't getting that one. But but we got some folk that's getting back active. We have folks that's been in some drama with their coworkers. We have folks that have had to produce extra at work with less time. We got some folks that's dealing with sadness due to a family member or due to a loved one or due to a friend or a spouse. We have folks that are going the extra mile when they feel like they have no more bandwidth and they're trying to help somebody else out in need. We have folks that have been giving their money, their time, their energy to see somebody else prosper or somebody that's just stretched by a person that they love. See, we have these different situations within life that bring forth a need to experience rest. And that's where the term Sabbath comes from. Sabbatical comes from Sabbath, and Sabbath means rest. But I want you to see that there's two ways that this is explained. Turn with me to Genesis chapter 2. Because I want you to see this rest I want you to notice rest is for you. This rest is for us. This rest is key for us as God's kingdom people. Genesis chapter 2. We're going to look at verses 2 and 3, and then get ready to slide your finger down to verse 15. My brother got the Bible reading up in here. Praise him. Come on. Genesis chapter 2. And if you need a Bible, we have some in the corner over here. Chapter two, verse two, it says, And on the seventh day, God finished his work that he had done, and he rested on the seventh day from all his work that he had done. So God blessed the seventh day and made it holy, because on it, God rested from all his work that he had done in creation. Rested. Why does God model something so beautiful but yet can be so difficult for us to experience. Well, there's two aspects of what rest means in the Bible. There are two Hebrew words that you're going to find to help you wrap your mind around this concept of rest. And just by a show of hands, how many of you are in need of some rest? I, th- I, th- I thought one of the ongoing people was going to do a backflip. They jumped, all right, you know, in need of some rest. It's interesting. In, in my short time of pastoring of, of about 13 years now, I very rarely hear God's beautiful people say, I'm just feeling so refreshed and rested. I hear a lot of good things. I've like got a lot of great things within our character, a lot of awesome ways that we reflect Christ. But I feel rested is a rare one. One of the terms that you'll hear described, and this sister named Missy Takano, uh, who wrote a, 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 a blog called Keeping the Sabbath An Invitation to Rest, she breaks down the two definitions. The first one is there are that. Shabbat, which gets translated into the word Sabbath, this word just simply means to stop working, to cease. So imagine if you are thinking of an hourly job where you clock out at the end of the shift and the work is done. There's no more until you clock back in. You've stopped. So one concept, one idea of rest is to cease from doing something. That's Sabbath, Shabbat. Excuse me, But the other word is nua, nua. And this word means to dwell or to settle. It's not the same as clocking out of your hourly job. This type of rest is like sitting in front of a fire with a loved one. It's like you unpacking a suitcase to stay at grandma's house for the holidays. It's essentially about being restfully present. Look in verse 15. The Lord God took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to work it and to keep it. Your focus might be drawn to the work element, but don't let your mind be snatched there because even if work was the focus of this sentence, it would be something beautiful because sin has not entered the picture yet. So work's a good thing. Work is refreshing. Work is a part of how God has designed people. But the focus here actually is what God does. God is ever present in the Garden of Eden. And he takes man and says, I want you in my presence. So now we see rest is not simply stopping something. It's also entering into the presence of God. I was uh, blessed to have a number of people in my life but this scenario you've seen play out often and it is an unhealthy one. It's One where a newlywed couple gets married and they're coming out of school with debt and they buy a house with debt and they're paying off the wedding from debt and the guy says, I'm gonna work, 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 work to pay off this debt and he works so much that he's absent from the home how healthy is that marriage? In that moment, is is money more valuable than his presence? No. And so we see just from a human standpoint that presence is extremely valuable in a relationship. If that's the case, just on a human level, us entering into the presence of God is extremely present, extremely important for us to experience God's rest. You see, one element heightened just too much gets you really off. And we'll see some examples of that in a moment. If you find yourself stopping a lot of stuff but never entering into God's presence, you're going to have an unhealthy Christianity. If you find yourself never stopping and the only time you truly go deep with God is in your two-minute prayer to work, or when you stop to pray over food, you're not truly entering into his presence. And so we see the importance of presence. We see God defining presence. But I want to make sure that you have a clear understanding of what I'm saying it is. Sabbath, this rest, is when... We cease from work and dwell in God's presence. Let me hear you say that after me. We cease from work and we dwell in God's presence. That is Sabbath rest. That is Sabbath rest. And we know that we can experience that rest and we can delight in that rest. And that rest is a blessing to us because of the way that God shows up, shows out and the way he provides. Look with me. Turn your, turn your finger to Exodus chapter 16. There's some, some chapters leading up to this because sometimes we only can really wrap our minds around needing rest when we understand what it means to just be exhausted, what it means to just be at wit's end, what it means to feel like you operating on E and those fumes are not getting it. I, uh, I think I told y'all this before, that uh, I, 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 don't, I have not liked bananas for a long time. Kind of mushy texture. I ain't really feeling that. You got to break the thing. I just, I never liked bananas. And uh, I had the beautiful opportunity I would call it torture, some would call it beautiful opportunity to run a half marathon. And at the end of the half marathon, and I would say there was a couple times that I was trotting, I wouldn't say I was running, I was trotting a little bit. But when I got to the end of the marathon, the thing they handed everybody was a chocolate milk and a banana. And I have loved bananas ever since. But see, at that moment, I was so exhausted, I was so in need, you could have handed me a dirt sandwich and I would have been like, where's the mayonnaise? I was exhausted. I was in need. We enter into understanding Sabbath rest in the life of the people of God in Exodus chapter 16. People have been exhausted. They have been Slaves, they have built. Said God, "When will you starving?" This God comes through; He provides. But look at chapter sixteen, verse starting with verse twenty-two. Hear what He says. Hear how He conducts things. Hear how He sets it up. After having provided for His people. Again and again, I mean, there's provision through um, being able to, to part the Red Sea and save them. There's provision again and again and again. Listen to what he says. But God gives instruction about rest here. He says on verse 22, on the sixth day, they gathered twice as much bread, two omers each. And when all the leaders of the congregation came and told Moses, he said to them, this is what the Lord has commanded. Tomorrow is a day of solemn rest, a holy Sabbath to the Lord. Bake what you will bake and boil what you will boil. And all that is left over lay aside to be kept till the morning. Why does he say lay it aside till the morning? Because previous to this section, people each day had to go and get, and God would provide. And do you know a few people went and grabbed and then they tried to stuff some and some Tupperware stuff some and some Tupperware to eat later. They tried to put away a couple quail sandwiches even though God said, after you eat, get rid of it. And so when they went the next morning to see what food was there, it was infested with maggots. And so here God says, hey, 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 On this day, you can store up more. I want you to store up more because on the next day, I want you to rest. I want you to cease from work. I want you to be in my presence. Verse 24, so they laid it aside till the morning as Moses commanded them, and it did not stink, and there were no worms in it. Moses said, eat it today, for today is a Sabbath to the Lord. Today, you will not find it in the field. Six days you shall gather it, but on the seventh day, which is a Sabbath, there will be none. So if you want to experience this rest, if we believe rest is good, if we believe rest is something that God is asking us to do, if we believe rest is healthful, healthy for the Christian, then we must prepare for the Sabbath. You got to set some time aside. You hear them say, Boil boil your, uh, what did it say? Uh, Bake what you will bake and boil what you will boil. That reminds me of grandmama back in the day when we would leave church and leave leave early in the morning and she would start the crock pot before we left, come back home and all the meat just falling off the bone. It's it's like prepare, get it in your mind that I'm going to set aside some time to pause other things to cease other things. I'm going to intentionally make space to be obedient to the Lord. I ask you, what, what would you have to stop in order to make space for God? What would you have to cease in order to have a time of you and the Lord? I know one of my problems. This computer and my phone. If I'm gonna have true time where I'm calming some things, I've gotta cut off the computer and I've gotta cut off my phone. I didn't say put on vibrate. I didn't say minimize the, the response, I said off. But see, I know when I turn off my phone, it's for something important. What would be the thing that would lead you to struggle with giving it up so that you could actually be fully present and checked out of other things? What would lead you to, to plan ahead? Go ahead and order some, I don't know, a commons milkshake and some sandwiches for tomorrow. You know, come on, Cory, he with me, he want a milkshake. Jolly pumpkin, you know what I'm saying? Like something, go go ahead and plan ahead. Why? So that when that time comes, there's as little work that you have to do. God wants our time. He wants our intentionality. He wants us to experience his rest. The only way we do that is by ceasing some things, stopping some things, making space for God. But you and I are not always the most obedient. Sometimes we hear God, we know rest is good, but we don't act in the way God would have us to. We still say, well, we know we're supposed to be resting, God, but... I'm going to do a little bit more. I got a few more things to handle before I can rest. And those few more things grow into a few more things and a few. Look with me in verse 27. Because unfortunately, the people of God were disobedient too, right? They saw the quail. They had the manna. They've seen God make mush of it. And they've seen God preserve it the next day. It even said that they would not have to go find it. Why? Because God had already provided it. So they've seen God come through the beauty of his rest and look how they respond and look how we respond. Verse 27, on the seventh day, some of them, on the seventh day, some of the people went out to gather, but they found none. Come on, y'all. Do we have a more clear example of disobedience here? God done provided every day during the week, told you store up double. I'm gonna make sure you got it. And yet and still we can choose to be disobedient. Why? 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 This says greed. Yup, I think that's a great answer. Worry. Well, I know God said I'm going to be okay, but if I just store a couple sandwiches, gotta be all right. Like, what, what if he don't come through? Isn't that somehow how we, like, view our work as well? We've got so much work to do, so much to get done, that if we rest, it's like all the balls will drop. It's like life as we know it will will have more and more failures. If we choose to rest, it's like we're being lazy, and God says no. It's quite the opposite. You see, when you rest, you are saying that you believe that I am in control. When you rest, it's you saying, God, you have provided again and again and again. And so I can truly be in your presence because I know you are handling it. You see, I, I, this, is, this is something that I, I love being a pastor. I know this is why God, uh, this is the gifting God has given me. One of the reasons though I struggle with being a pastor is because God uses his word to speak to me. So I'm not up here telling y'all that I wrote a book about resting. I'm up here telling you that I find myself in verse 27. I find myself as one that would try to do it in my own strength, even though God has showed up again and again and again and again, and yet I still want to have the range. Yet I still see something that is more valuable than rest. And God in his mercy and his grace extends his love to me and says, okay, next time, son. Next time, rest. Up, oh, you did it again. Next time, rest. And maybe that's your journey. Maybe that's your cycle of, of knowing how important it is to rest, but still never getting to it, And I want to encourage you, let's do it the next time. But let's not take His grace and mercy for granted. Let us be a people that recognize the value of rest. And by rest, I am not simply stating, chill, don't nobody say nothing to me. I got a double burger dog, I'm good. By rest, we also have to make space to enter into his presence. so turn with me Because God says something clearly about entering into his presence and about rest in Matthew chapter 11. The famous verse, verse 28. Because Maccab, I want to give unto you what you are giving unto me. Blessing our family with a time of rest and we are so grateful for it. But I know just as we need it, as the Stevensons need it, I can start naming off families that need it. And I don't think there's a family in our church or a visitor in our midst that, that's name wouldn't find it on the list. Matthew chapter 11, verse 28. Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. See, Jesus is extending an an invitation. It's an opportunity. But notice he doesn't say, I'm going to make you come. Notice he doesn't say, I'm going to force you to come. Come. It's a command with the opportunity for you to respond. An opportunity for myself to respond, for us to respond. See, the Pharisees got something right. The Pharisees were smooth with it. They were uh, uh, everything you would want to see on the outside. The Pharisees rested. They ceased. They even tried to call Jesus out on not ceasing. They said, wait, you healing the man on the Sabbath? Uh Uh-uh, we don't do nothing. So they rested on one hand because they ceased working. But when it comes to entering into the presence of God, the very God himself in human form was in front of them and they rejected him. Do you see how you could think that you're resting and not quite experience what God has in mind when he's thinking of Sabbath? I'm saying that, family, because I beg of you to spend time in his presence. I love... uh, Apple products, I know it's gonna be a fight. Somebody gonna say, no, Google, and, 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 and I like Apple. I like when I walk in the store, the store is off the chain. It is so creative. I feel like I've stepped into something from the Star Trek. And I love how like innovative they are. Y'all don't know, some of y'all are too young, but we had. I had a first iPod, you know what I'm saying? Wasn't no phone on it, you just did the wheel and stuff. I had one, you know, come on, Ashley. I had one of those. And the thing I love about them is they're continuing to be innovative. And, and now, you know, they, they came out with earbuds. And we was like, whoa, no cord, you know, like silly stuff, right? But I love their commercials that advertise their earbuds. And in those commercials, a person is walking and in the midst of everyone else doing life. But when they put in their earbuds, it's like they go to another place. In the midst of everyone else, but now somehow they've escaped to a new reality, and that music is hitting, and they are connecting emotionally in that moment. That's what rest is for the believer. Even if the world is going crazy for this moment, I pop in the word of God. I connect with Jesus Christ, my Lord. I accept his invitation and I come into a reality that is different than what the world offers. I come into a place where I can melt away in his presence. I can accept his offer of lifting my burden. I can experience his rest. What's it look like for you? What's it look like for you? For me, music is one of those things. I can truly turn on some music and I'm, and I'm cheap right now. I only got an Alexa. I want like a 15-foot speaker just banging at me. like that. Music does that for me where I feel like me and God are there. I also feel like that when I write. And sadly, I've not written a poem or anything in a long time. Uh, The Lord has blessed me to be able to write sermons, but not written a poem where I have to engage with God's word, but he somehow takes my mind to reorient it, to give it back unto him. It's one of the ways I feel like I'm in his presence. What's it look like for you? What does being in God's presence look like? And if you're going to do it, you're going to have to stop some other things so you can truly experience it because you can't operate on fumes forever. I pray that as you are extending us these four weeks, that you will do a couple of things for our family. You'll pray that we experience the rest that I'm talking about. I'm also praying that you would experience the rest that I'm talking about. mac How beautiful will it be if we're a people that have a rhythm of feeling refreshed, a rhythm of experiencing God's rest, a rhythm of calming things and stopping some stuff, but also seeking his face. J. Vernon McGee, a pastor, tells this story. He said that uh, a story about a man who wanted to argue about the Sabbath. The man said... I'll give you a hundred dollars if you will show me where the Sabbath day has been changed." McGee answered, "I don't think it has been changed. Saturday is Saturday. It is the seventh day. Uh, it is the seventh say of the week, seventh day of the week, and it is the Sabbath day. I realize our calendar has been adjusted and can be off a few days, but we won't even consider that point. The seventh day is still Saturday, and it is still the Sabbath day." He got a gleam in his eye and said then why don't you keep the Sabbath day if it hasn't been changed? McGee answered, the day hasn't changed, but I have been changed. I've been given a new nature now. I'm joined to Christ. I am a new part. I'm part of the new creation. We celebrate the first day because that is the day he rose from the grave. We celebrate on Sunday because he rose, but we do not stay tied to a certain day. We enter into his presence on any day, at any time we can find our rest. It is not about the legality of resting If you rest 10 minutes, we all say that that was too short. No, were you in God's presence? Was it real and authentic? Was it a true pursuit of God? Okay. You know God. And God knows when you have an honest pursuit. Don't let legalistic stuff stop you from resting. But my family, we've been changed. We've been redeemed. We've been renewed. And so now we get to operate outside of a certain day. Now we get to delight in his presence whenever we want. Experience that rest that he offers whenever. Have our burden lifted when we accept his invitation. So family, I'm grateful for you. My prayer is that you would experience the rest that you've offered us. Let us pray. Father, we are, we know you call us to much. We know that you have allowed us to be in a world that requires much of us. But you've also, Lord, made space for us to rest and be replenished by you, for us to have intimacy with you, not just to work for you, but to rest in you and with you. If you could rest after creating all things, Lord, who are we to not do that? So Father, free us. Whatever shackles or uh, hinders us from resting, Lord, from what Sabbath looks like in our life, would you remove it? Would you give us uh, honest conversations with people that we love to hold us accountable to pursuing Sabbath rest in you? Would you allow us to have a great experience so that when we fight to rest we experience something that makes us want to fight for it more and more. Holy Spirit, show up, please. I'm begging you. And we'll be sure to give you all the glory. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Family, uh, the term rest is a common one. But It is tough to understand rest in the grand scheme of things if your soul is not at peace. You see, God loves us so much that he sent his son, Jesus Christ, to provide rest for our soul. And if you are a person that is not yet believing Jesus is Lord, or at this point you are not sure whether you wanna submit to Christ, We humbly, humbly ask you to listen and see if the Spirit is working. To listen and understand that the only peace that you can experience comes from God. That the only true rest starts with understanding that Christ died so that we could experience new life. And that new life is rest and peace in him. And so we offer you an opportunity, an opportunity to accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior, but to begin living a life filled with rest. If you want to do that today, you want to start a new life of walking with Christ, then simply repeat after me, Lord, I acknowledge that you are God. Jesus, you died for my sins so that I could be restored to God. You placed God in the garden and allowed him to dwell with you. And through Jesus, I now get to dwell with you, Father. Holy Spirit, fill me so I may live for thee. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. If that was your prayer, we are grateful grateful, grateful for your time, but we are celebrating with the angels, you accepting Jesus into your heart and now being among his beautiful body of Christ. That is not based on just simply the words. It's also based on the heart connecting with those words and you wanting to submit to Christ in your life. And so we celebrate you. Uh, and, and if you uh, didn't say it verbally, but you said it internally, we celebrate you. And we as a church would love to walk with you and see you grow in Christ. So please feel free to call us at uh, our number as we want to walk with you and see you grow in Jesus. And that's called discipleship.